1: all right and welcome to against the mat wrestling podcast i'm one of your co-hosts the kentucky guy
0: and your other co-host Donnie cage
1: aha how you doing sir on this beautiful black friday
0: i'm doing great i haven't done any black friday shopping today because i've got other stuff going on but just really happy happy to be here
1: yeah, man, I uh, I myself uh, haven't been in any stores, but I actually, I'm one of those computer nerds. I prefer Cyber Monday, so. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Yeah. All right. So, uh, hey, if this is your first time tuning in, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. We are on all major platforms, including iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. PodBeans, the list goes on, guys. We are on <laughs> 73. Different audio platforms. Also, uh, tomorrow, during Survivor Series or games, we will be uh, live broadcasting that uh, with results as they come in. Uh, As you guys know, due to copyrights and all that good stuff, we can't actually show it, but we can tell you exactly what's going on uh, through live commentary. And uh, that will begin around 8 o'clock Eastern Time tomorrow. And that should be a pretty exciting event. There's a whole lot of stuff going on. Uh, and to get on that, you can either check out uh, the YouTube channel and you can join directly there. And that is KYGuy80, KYGuy80. And uh, yeah, I uh, think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, also, Mr. Cage has his own podcast that he created and also co with. Sir, Would you like to go ahead and tell them about
0: that? Thank you, Kentucky Guy. Yes, we are coming back next week with the latest episode of the Uncaged Voice podcast. It'll be myself. Jigsaw Jester and top tier Brian talking all sorts of stuff, uh, you know, gaming, uh, books, movies, life in general. Definitely something to check out.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's that each episode I've noticed, uh, it's never the same. And it's always got like, uh, hey, it to me, I, I think it's compelling stuff because you actually, uh, find out a little bit more about those guys, you know, as they talk and, uh, stuff like that I, I really enjoy that channel uh also for uh those of you that like to uh keep up with the news and the world events and all kinds of different guests entrepreneurs and so forth november which is just about over is the month of the stars on uh the red pill current news podcast is a uh, little show that i host uh we drop episodes there every wednesday and saturday we are um actually And I I want to put this out there because we have a lot of listeners that listen to both shows. Uh, We just broke a record on downloads uh, with our brand new host on Tuesday. And that's because of you all. Uh, And, you know, same way with this program here. Thank you guys so much. And on the Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast, we do drop new episodes here every Monday and Friday. All right. Also, uh, we do have merch. We have a merch store now. The link will be at the bottom, no matter where you're listening to, in the podcast description. If you'd ever like to be a guest here or have any questions uh, as far as uh, for Donnie or myself. And real quick, I want to take a minute. I know I did an email already, but thank you to everybody that wished us both uh, a happy Thanksgiving. We really appreciate that. Uh, Donnie, you had several as well. I wasn't going to write them down (laughs) because there's too many, but I did reply to them all. And, you know, just we we just want to say thank you, guys. It it means a lot.
0: Thank you, everybody.
1: Yeah. And if you had I I did see I wanted to address this real quick. I did see a couple emails where you had trouble finding the last show we just uploaded. That's all cleared up. Basically, what we did is we changed host. And once you do that, there's like a 24 hour period, which is good. Shows me that you guys are listening and looking for the product. So that's great. Uh, But there's about a 24 hour period where it does like on spotify and apple uh it's just weird i've always noticed that they kind of disappear but everything's back up everything's normal now uh so those of you that couldn't find the last episode uh it is back up and you should be able to find it no problem now all right so let's get into a lot to talk about today uh let's see let's start off with my fantasy booking this is where uh donnie and myself choose different superstars who we feel could have had a different career if they were just booked a little bit better by the promotion uh, that they were in at that time. And uh, Mr. Cage, I'll turn it over to you, sir.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, so this, this is a little bit of a tough one this week, but I want to go back to 2006. And for those of you who follow Ray Mysterio also knows Ray Mysterio jr. In WCW, he's had a prolific career, probably considered to be one of, if not the best cruiserweight high flyer in the history of the wrestling business. He's been a champion in WCW, WWE, various other Mexican promotions. Uh, you know, he was big in Lucha Underground. He was big in AAA. This, this guy's done it all in his career. But in 2006, he became a world heavyweight champion in WWE for the very first time. And he did that by first winning the Royal Rumble. In 2006, he lasted all the way from the number one spot until the end. He initially lost his world title opportunity to Randy Orton the following month in a singles match, but then he was placed into a triple threat match against Randy Orton and then champion Kurt Angle. Long story short, he wins the world title at WrestleMania 22. It's a crowning achievement for Rey Mysterio. But the problem was, from WrestleMania through July of that year, which was the Great American Bash, where he eventually lost the world heavyweight title to King Booker T. Rey Mysterio was not booked to look strong at this particular time. He lost a lot of non-title matches, including a singles match to The Great Khali on an episode of SmackDown. And it's one thing to portray Rey Mysterio as an underdog, they did, they did a gimmick in WCW at one point I remember where they called him the giant killer where he would take on wrestlers that were a lot bigger than him but he would still surprise everyone and wind up scoring the pinfall victory. They'd done something similar to this. I wouldn't have had an issue with that. I wouldn't have had an issue with him getting beaten down before title matches, but it always seemed like when he would win these matches, his title defenses, that he would win by the skin of his teeth. And that's no way to portray your strong babyface champion, especially a wrestler of Mysterio's caliber. And in my opinion, not only should his world title reign have been longer, but another issue they had is that they were tying it into his friendship with with Eddie Guerrero. I don't have a problem with them referencing his friendship with Eddie Guerrero. It's been well documented that those two were best friends for many, many years in the business and had tons of great feuds and matches. They were tag team champions together. But let Rey Mysterio stand on his own two feet. He's been successful enough in his career that he doesn't have to be portrayed as being inept. And in my opinion, that was what ruined his first world title reign, is that they just didn't book him to look strong enough. And if they had made a couple of adjustments here and there, and even let him hold the title for a couple more months, I think people would look back on his world title run as being a very successful one rather than a disappointing one that it was.
1: I think, I think, uh, think you summed that up perfectly. He, Oh, uh, and I know that he, 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 he likes the WWE, but I have to be honest. I, I always thought that he was treated better in WCW. I know he was treated better in Lucha Underground and AAA because I watched his career there. But uh, even uh, even right now, you know, he gets brought on SmackDown. Uh, they kind of build any Rey Mysterio fans left. They kind of build their hope that he has a shot at the title uh, against Gunther. And, you know, Gunther destroys him. And, uh, you know, a 20-year career with one company, and all the acclimates that he has, uh, I just I don't think that's the way to treat you know that type of a uh, professional. So yeah, I think you're spot on with your pick this week, sir. Thank you. All right, so my fantasy booking this week uh, is also with the WWE. This one here is a little different, and the reason why is because uh, this superstar, and I'm going to call him, he is a superstar. He W or WWE actually missed two different opportunities with the superstar and what i mean by that is he was there in uh 2006 till i think it was 2013 and they did not use him correctly and then he comes back in 2018 and pretty much the same same treatment after going okay so let's get into who it is and you guys will see what i'm talking about so my fantasy booking this week is none other than michael hunter who is that who's michael hunter well most of you will probably know him by uh ec3 ethan carter the third is his ring name for the last few years so on april 14th of 2003 he showed up on a heat taping prior to raw and under the ring name michael hunter his debut match he was defeated by rodney mack he appeared on uh he appeared right after that, in July. I'm sorry, two months later in July, and he was teamed up with Chris Cronius and he lo- and they lost to Charlie Haas and Viscera. <laughs> so then he shows up on Raw in August in 2006. Now we went from 2003 to 2006, and he's still wrestling for the WWE. However, keep in mind he's doing. That's when WWE had the uh, the Florida. Uh, instead of, they, they called it F, FW something, instead of NXT back then. So he was still in their up-and-coming promotional uh, development stage, but for three years, three years. And then he shows up on Raw in 20, uh, 2006, and he's a police officer. It's a real quick, if you'd have blinked, you missed it. He was there with Shane McMahon, dressed as a police officer, to arrest uh, Degeneration X. Crazy, crazy. So then he comes on, and now he's a part of the NXT. Now, this NXT uh, back in 2010 was kind of like the Tough Enough. It was a competition, right? So he does come back uh, for the final season, uh, the final of season, I think it was season three uh, for this, and (laughs) announced that he was going to be a part of the fourth season. Big deal. Uh, And he's going to be with his mentor, Daniel Bryan. They both lose. They both lose. And it just, so then he gets pushed up uh, to the NXT episode, the last one in December 14th. And he's made to lose against Alberto Del Rio in a submissions match. For the next month, and I mean, it was like six months, uh, he was doing the NXT, he appeared on, pre-tape uh, vignettes on raw as a stupid <laughs> destined to fell man destined to fail as a scientist who invented and i don't know if a lot of you remember this you have to do some digging uh as a scientist who invented he changed his name to bateman a cologne a mark henry cologne. he also went to smackdown with damian uh sandow they both made their uh their debut there they refused and Damian Sandow actually refused to fight him on his debut match. And they finally gave it to him against Ryback, who beat him, of course, in his debut match on, again, the main roster on SmackDown. So anyways, on May 17, 2013, he's released. He's and, and he even made a statement, thank God I was released. He goes to TNA. He drops all the silly gimmicks. And he becomes a world champion again. Now, keep in mind, this guy was a world champion. He was a world champion at six different times. Two times before coming to the WWE the first time. Four different promotion World heavyweight champion uh, before he came back in 2018. And we'll get to that here in just a second. So, this guy, he dropped that act. He went under EC3. Uh, they completely dropped the ball. But they get another shot and i don't understand it so he becomes everybody knows his tna story he's Dixie Lane or dixie carter Dixie dixieland <laughs> dixie carter's uh uh nephew and uh you know he, his attitude completely changed and he's confident he's good on the mic i mean he comes back polished so on december 17th 2018 it was announced uh that he'd be debuting on the main roster uh he was appearing on alexa bliss back then she had a uh like a talk show thing called moment of bliss and during that segment he was interrupted by dean ambrose aka now john moxley leading to a match that ec3 actually they put him over and won under a mute gimmick actually as a dead ambrose uh ambrose called it on jericho's podcast if you haven't heard that podcast you need to ambrose called it a mute chippendale dancer so anyways the crazy thing is about this match is when they pushed ec3 over this was supposed to like put him on track to be something in vince mcmahon's mind he remember vince mcmahon was a guy uh is a guy that always liked built big guys and ec3 is definitely now if i don't i don't know if any of you've seen him lately but he's a he's a beast so yeah so crazy thing is he goes back to wwe i guess he wants to prove a point point. and the first match they put him over john moxley however it didn't work and the reason why it didn't work and john moxley actually talked about this on a podcast i listened to was because they did not nobody knew who he was not everybody that watches tna watches wwe or vice versa so here you have him coming out as a big baby face but Ambrose, if you watch that match was cheered they cheered the house down way more, and Vince McMahon was not happy about that, so he just immediately once again stopped pushing uh this world champion and you know this guy i don't know if he i i don't and here's the thing with vince mcMahon i don't know if he thought that e c three was just gonna walk in there and win the hearts over uh of the w w e fans, but we all know. And I think that uh, Tony Khan's going to get a wake up call. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a Britt Baker fan, but for the way that uh, Sierra won the match at the last pay per view, only because you have to you have to give the fans time to start caring about you and your situation. Not a, everybody knew John Moxley or Dean Ambrose, and uh, it just didn't work. So he was drafted then to the uh, to the Raw brand. You know, it's a shame. The only, and I'll go ahead and end this because I don't want it to be lengthy, but the only thing, I mean, he is a a two-time Grand Slam champion, uh, three-time tag team champion. The only title, the only title that this superstar won while he was with the WWE, he's a four-time 24-7 champion. And you know what? I'm going to stop right there and get your opinion because I think that says enough. A four-time. 24-7 champion is the only belt
0: he ever held. That explains how much of an afterthought he was when he was brought back to WWE. Um, yeah, I mean, this guy became a star in TNA, Impact Wrestling, uh, multiple-time world champ, Grand Slam champ, like you said. They brought him back with a lot of fanfare. I think the biggest mistake they made is they could they should have kept him in NXT a little longer so that he could build more of a following probably should have captured the NXT title while he was there and held that for a little bit. Then he could have come he could have come up to the main roster knowing that people have have seen him on NXT and they know who he is now. He's established. Comes up to the main roster and then starts building up a win streak and becomes at the very least at least a solid mid-carder on the main roster. And he also should have been booked as a heel. Why they tried to get him over as a baby face, I have no idea. It was a terrible idea. Um, but he, yeah, he was—he was not given the star treatment that he deserved. He could have been a lot bigger in WWE when he came back, but uh, just just didn't happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. Now, now, on a personal note, of my huge EC3 fan, no, I'm not. But there, he has a lot of them he has so many fans that he's actually winning partners and he has uh he owns part of a uh, wrestling, you know, it's one of those small wrestling organizations now. But, uh, so his, his, he made a mistake as well, but I can understand it. I've, uh, I've walked away from jobs before and I'm like, man, if I, if I ever got one more shot, I'd go in there and become my boss's boss. <laughs> you know, so I understand his, his way of thinking. Uh, however, uh, I bet, and I know he does now because I, I've heard of quite a few interviews researching for this. Uh, he wishes he would have never made that decision, and I can't blame him. And he will never, I don't, that's one Oh uh, boy there, uh, and, unless I'm badly fooled, fu- uh, I don't believe will ever uh, be back in the WWE again, and you can't blame him. Uh, we did have, uh, Mr. Cage, we had a match added And I think we're going to have a couple more because it's still kind of light for the survivor series pay-per-view, but we did have a match added that we need to get a prediction on. And that is Seth Rollins defending his title against Bobby Lashley and Austin theories. And I'm going to go with the champ Seth Rollins to retain. And what do you say, sir?
0: I'm also going to go with the champ to retain in this one. Although I think there's going to be a lot of near falls. I think there's going to be some sort of chicanery that uh, happens during the match, uh, that allows him to retain. Um, I mean, obviously, if either Bobby Lashley or Austin Theory won the title, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, because I think both guys have a little bit of momentum right now. But Seth did just win the title a short while ago, and I think it'd be a mistake to have him drop it already, especially now that he's being booked as a fan favorite. you got to give him time to develop that version of his character. So I'm also gonna go with Seth Rollins for this match.
1: Yeah, so now I wouldn't be okay if Bobby Lashley or Austin Terry's won uh at all. <laughs> um by the way, did you see the new hoodie in the merch store? It says How dare you on the back of it.
0: <laughs> that was perfect. Glad glad we have a hoodie that actually captures that uh that slogan on it.
1: Yeah, man. And uh guys, we have uh we have beanies, we have hats. Uh, like I said, the, the uh, link will be in the description below. All right, so let's move on to AEW Dynamite Result. Moxley starts off the show. Actually, William Regal starts the show off, and he's in the ring. But here comes John Moxley, and we knew this was going to happen if he was there. Now, I kind of thought that I know he wanted to go on vacation after uh, the other pay-per-view all out before all that nonsense happened and he had to become champion again so i thought he was going to take his uh his vacation but he was there he walks out and oh man you can tell that he is not happy to approach william regal in the main. now the crowd uh, you got to love these crowds here lately uh they start chanting uh (laughs) to william regal that uh you messed up and not so nice words like that and there's a stare down uh he makes his way he makes his way and, uh, let's see, he makes his way right to forehead-to-forehead uh, forehead with William Regal. And uh, Danielson runs down to the ring, puts himself in between them, holds Moxley back, tries to separate the two. He does separate them. He starts telling uh, uh, John Moxley, which I thought was weird, uh, how much he loves William Regal and about the history and, and asking him not to touch him. Here, here's the thing about it. When, Dane, when the only thing Moxley does is he tells him to walk on, like leave, leave the ring, keep walking. I, I, I quite don't understand if he meant just out of, out of his sight right then and there, or was he telling him to leave the WWE? I mean, that left a lot of open questions in my mind because I tried to, you guys know me, I tried to do the scientific part uh, of, the, uh, of the wrestling world what did you think about that segment? And uh, Mr. Gage, I know that you do have an appointment today and you'll be dropping off in like 20 minutes and that's fine. We're going to miss you, but we will see it to live stream uh, tomorrow evening. But uh, yeah, what'd you think about that segment? It
0: was interesting. I mean, obviously because of William Regal's health issues at this stage in his life, he can't really get physical with John Moxley. So the best they could really do is a stare down. And, and like you said, be nose to nose. I mean, William Regal could get physical with John Moxley, but they just can't do vice versa as far as I know. Um, you know, Brian Danielson showing loyalty to Regal makes sense because Regal was a, was instrumental in his training as a professional wrestler. But I don't know. I just I feel like they could have done this segment a little bit differently. I don't necessarily have an issue with Brian Danielson coming out and holding Moxley back, but yeah, I mean the whole keep on walking. I'm assuming Moxley just meant, you know, get out of my sight and get out of AEW altogether, or, or I'm gonna hurt you if I have the opportunity, and, you know, Brian Danielson's kind of stuck in the middle here. I don't know. It was the whole segment was a little confusing for me because you don't really know where Brian Danielson's loyalties lie. Yeah, just just mixed feelings all around about this. <laughs>
1: I get you because, especially if you watch the pay per view, because Brian Danielson was one of the first after the pay per view was over. I actually watched a video; probably all of us did. That a fan taped, and Brian Danielson was the first of the Combat Club to end up in the ring, consoling John Moxley over what just happened. It, it, you are right; it, it's confusing. I would have rather uh, maybe had just have have Danielson turn heel and you know bust him in the face or something. It would have made more sense. In the way things went, you know, in my opinion. Then we had the. Go ahead.
0: No, I agree. No, I agree. I mean, it's. I, I don't like this whole wishy-washy. Is this wrestler going to turn heel? Is he not going to turn heel? Where do his loyalties lie? It can work if it's done right, but I don't know. This just could have been done differently. Not a fan. Yeah.
1: A lot, a lot differently, and uh, you know, once again, that's Tony Khan. One thing I did want to mention real quick, though, uh, before you left. The uh, Jamie Hader, she is no longer the interim uh, women's champion. She is actually the champion. Thunder Rosa has been stripped of her belt. Uh, They say that she agreed to. I don't know the story. Don't really care. Uh, We talked about this, I think, on the last episode that she should have done a long time ago. She's been gone so long. And also they're backing up and making Tony Storm, Tony Storm's title ring as taking away that word interim as well. So I thought that was pretty cool. Your thoughts on that?
0: It's about stinking time is all I have to say. Um, I hated this whole uh, interim women's world champion uh, moniker, just like I hated it for the men's world championship when they had that, when, when CM Punk was injured. It's like, what happened to the days? I mean, I mean, we're seeing it now, but what happened to the days where if a wrestler is injured and can't defend their title for like 30 days, then, then they're just automatically stripped and you have to name a new champion. You, you'll have a, a match either between like the two top contenders or you'll have a tournament or whatever the case is. That's that's how I grew up with wrestling. That's what would happen. Um, this whole thing where a wrestler is given so much time to recover from an injury and in the meantime we have to have an interim champion, I, I just have never agreed with. And I, I'm glad that they not only have crowned Jamie Hayter as the current AEW Women's Champion, but also recognize Tony Storm as an official Women's Champion and not an Interim Champion. It's about time Tony Khan woke up and did things right.
1: Yeah, and you know that whole Interim Champion crap, that's all due to the uh, these people, this generation where everybody gets a trophy just for participating in a sport. That's where all that stuff comes from. Not wanting to hurt somebody's feeling it's it's garbage it never works and you're right i, I don't like it either. if he gets away from that and he gets away from all these stupid tournaments he might actually have a pretty good product uh and then we have the uh AW all atlantic championship match uh jake hager versus orange cassidy orange cassidy won shouldn't have won didn't even look right winning the match don't really care what i like about it was after the match finally the lights go out boom there is Julia Hart on the ramp. she summons the house of black and they absolutely destroy the best friends and the uh, the factory who was outside <laughs> thinking that these guys were going they're gonna help them they actually attacked them and destroyed them. I thought it was great. it looks like they're bringing them back the right way. the crowd went crazy such a huge pop welcome back chance started. They grabbed a staffer on the ramp, and Brody hits uh, Dante's Inferno on a ramp on him, which I thought was uh, great. Malachi has a mic and says, members of the House of Black, please rise. Lights go out again. Boom. Disappeared. and went to a commercial. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, they they telegraphed that. That was great. Why they why they attacked the best friends in the factory, surely, the, I mean, maybe afraid of a little ring rust and Get that off with these chumps, but man, oh man, uh, I'm excited to see them back, and I think they're going to uh, reborn themselves like Judgment Day has on a uh, Raw. Your thoughts?
0: Yeah, this was done really well, and I mean, this is exactly how they should have booked the House of Black originally, but they were booked to lose so many different matches, and a lot of them being you know key matches, and. I just didn't understand the inconsistency with booking the House of Black, but this is this is how you re-debut a faction effectively, and now they need to continue riding this wave of momentum. You don't want them them to lose it. You want people to take them seriously and know that they're a force to be reckoned with.
1: Yep, I still think they need one more male member. I don't know who. I they need one more to kind of set the kind of set the uh, tone. But, you know, something I noticed on Monday, uh, Monday Night Raw, and I actually, uh, I actually enjoy it. it you know, for those of that have been listening for a while, I've always said that I love big factions and factions that come in and take over. Monday Night Raw is kind of, they're not really doing that, but what they're doing is they're having like a, a factions war. Yeah. The Brutes actually, uh, you know, they fought Judgment Day and then you had OC uh, show up out there and it takes me back to the days when, uh, The Rock was on, uh, ah, he was with Farouk, the Nation of Domination. And then you had DX. And then you had the Corporation. Uh, Yeah, those were the good old days. And uh, WWE is actually doing a pretty good job bringing that stuff back. So I enjoyed that a lot. And I know we're jumping around, but uh, eh, why not? It's Friday. Then we had the AEW World Title uh, Eliminator Tournament Finals. And uh, Ethan Page versus Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks won this match, and I thought that that was the way the match should have went. I was kind of worried about the guy at first. Uh, he definitely uh, he definitely was injured. Uh, he went through a lot the last, the last two matches that he had. However, he was able to uh, defeat Ethan Page. I do not think that he's going to be a champion anytime soon as far as a world champion. However, he does need to be put over more and on television more because he's got the look. He's definitely got the talent and uh, he's a future star in that company. Your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I think I predicted a Ricky Starks victory here as well um, because it wouldn't have made sense to do a heel versus heel title match with MJF going up up against Ethan Page. Um, Ricky Starks, like we've said before, a lot of star power. He definitely has potential for the future. He is, sadly, I mean, for all you Ricky Stark fans out there, I'm sorry. He's definitely not going to defeat MJF, but... um, I think he's going to give him a good match, and it'll be something for the fans to appreciate. And it'll kind of give you a preview of what Ricky Starks might achieve down the road.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Something to look at when you guys are watching that match is, does MJF win the match cleanly, or does he? is there some uh, shenanigans? Because that will tell you a story about the way that they're going to take Ricky Starks If he loses due to William Regal or or what have you, then, yeah, it makes him look stronger. He doesn't look weak because he loses the match. However, if he does lose straight up, then you say, okay, they have still want to develop him some, which is fine. He's still very young in his career, so either way they go, I'm good with it. The next match, the Death Triangle defeated the Elite. Uh, they're up 2-0 for the best out of seven uh, for the trios title. They beat them, and they cheated to win the match. This cheating with this hammer is going to be the end of the death triangle, I think. Penta's brother, Phoenix, is just not about it. And uh, Penta's going to go with his brother. He always has. I think there something's going to happen there. I, I think that's is going to be the end of this group because of that stupid hammer. Your thought? You know, it's
0: funny. Um, I do agree with you that I think the Hammer's ultimately going to be their downfall, especially overusing it. And I do think the fact that they want to keep having them use it in some way to win a match against the Elite, that's going to get old after a while, especially because this is a best-of-seven series. But, and uh, people might not agree with me here, but I actually am going to predict that we might see a split between the Lucha Brothers. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that Penta is going to align himself with Pac, um, but eventually, if and when Death Triangle drops the trios belts, and, and another friend of mine, you know, had, had pointed this out to me, he says, you know, I've always seen Penta as more of a heel wrestler and Ray Phoenix is more of a babyface wrestler, and with their in-ring talent, they could have some pretty incredi- incredible singles matches. Uh, brother versus brother. Um, It's no guarantee it's going to happen, but it's just my thoughts. Um, But I do think it was interesting what the elite were doing during this match Uh, because they clearly, and I'm sure you noticed this Kentucky guy, they clearly were not given a warm reception by the Chicago crowd and uh, they weren't doing themselves any favor to not rile up the crowd either.
1: No, they, they played it beautifully. Yeah. that's what these guys do they they don't care uh they knew they knew what to expect especially a couple of nights before at the pay-per-view what the other crowd was saying about uh Chicago's hometown boy <laughs> so so yeah and they played it uh beautiful just like John Moxley in uh the MJF match uh, the crowd was booing him there cuz it wasn't really MJF's hometown but it was close i guess in a sense and John Moxley played it beautifully. He says, "I love this stuff." So yeah, uh, yeah, I caught it. I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was funny. At first, I didn't like it, of course, because I'm an elite, I'm an elite guy. But once I seen how Kenny Omega, <laughs> Kenny Omega, uh, taunted the crowd, uh, I was all for it. And uh, so the Penta, uh, Pentagon, and uh, Ray Phoenix, there are they have had. Some incredible matches versus each other in Lucha Underground and a couple other different promotions. Uh, I know that uh, if you've only watched them on TNA or on Ring of Honor, they've they've always been a tag team. However, these two had wars, and I didn't know that they were actually brothers until after watching them for years, because they were always Phoenix was a baby face and Pinto was a hill. So those matches are out there, and yes. They are fantastic. The only reason, the only reason I don't think they're going to split up anytime soon, is because the manager, whatever their name is, uh, the manager that comes out with them, he does not approve of pack. So he's going to play a role uh, in that in that breakup over that hammer, in my opinion. And then we have, uh, let's see, we have uh, the world champion uh, Ring of Honor, uh, Chris Jericho. Uh, he defeats Kamiro Ashia and retains his Ring of Honor Championship. I thought this was a hard-hitting match, uh, Mister Cage. I'll let you weigh in because I know you're getting ready to drop off. Uh, what'd you think about that match?
0: Oh, I knew this was going to be a hard-hitting, strong style match going into it because that's Tomohiro Ishi. That's his. Um, that's his M.O. is uh, hard strikes, high impact everything. And we've seen Chris Jericho be able to dish it out as well as he can take it uh, as well over the years. Um, again, because this was an episode of Dynamite, I assumed Jer- Jericho was not going to drop the Ring of Honor Championship. And like I said, if and when he does, it will likely happen at Final Battle in December. But as I've also said to you, Final Battle, could that be the <laughs> final pay-per-view we ever see from ring of honor that to be determined obviously but um be interesting to see uh, you know would jericho end up like retiring the belt or would someone else win it from him to retire the belt who knows but uh yeah i i I, this was the right way to go keep the belt on jericho for the time being
1: i don't think that uh that's going to be claudio either i don't know why they're even bringing him back in the picture (laughs) he shouldn't have been this champion in the first place all right so uh i'm gonna go ahead guys and i'm gonna move along without mr cage he's uh got some plans and uh, we wish him well be safe out there sir and we will talk about the raw results from monday night raw and let's see so rhea ripley she had a match against oscar and this match here was to see who had the advantage the 20 minute advantage during war games And uh, Rhea Ripley actually won the match. Now, here's the part that I didn't quite understand. We thought we were going to know the fifth member of Bianca Belair's team. However, being the liar that she is, the little pony-headed liar, she did not follow through, and we still do not know who the fifth member is. Now, we're supposed to find out tonight. I mean, talk about waiting the day before, right? Jeez almighty. Anyways. So then, as I was talking earlier about, we had the Brawling Brutes. Uh, Seamus, Butch, and Ridge Holland actually got in, had a six-man tag team match versus the Judgment Day. Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio. Of course, Rhea Ripley was at ringside. Uh, the winners, uh, only because, in my opinion, the OC came out there and stuck their nose where it didn't belong, uh, was the uh, Brawling Brutes. They won by pinfall. Uh, I like this faction versus faction kind of turf war. Uh, I miss it. Haven't seen it in a very long time. And uh, I hope that they continue to actually uh, go in this direction. Now, would I like to see the Judgment Day absorb the OC and it all become one huge group? I would, where they just take over the show. Not every week. Not every week. Not, don't become the uh, NWO 2.0. But once in a while, just take over the entire show, beat the crap out of everybody, and uh, keep us guessing on what's coming next. I, 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 I think that would be great. Why these guys aren't in a like gang fight match, what have you, at Survivor Series, I don't know. I am looking forward to the Finn Balor and uh, uh, AJ Styles match. I think that's going to be uh, pretty great. It may steal the show. There's a couple of different matches and we'll talk about that on the live stream tomorrow. Uh, the live stream will be recorded as well. So it will be posted audio as well afterwards, but we're going to talk about that a little bit more tomorrow because I think that, uh, man, I, it just, the way some of this is going to go may shock a few of us. And, and don't forget, we still have the Bray Wyatt questions, which is going to, of course, have to be answered or at least looked at during survivor series. So, Tomorrow night should be very, very interesting. Uh, so then we have Johnny Gargano, and he he wants a rematch with The Miz. Says The Miz didn't beat him fairly, which he didn't, uh, but he wants to go against him. The Miz is hurt, so he brings out Omos and MVP. And, you know, Johnny Gargano, he's a pretty big deal in NXT, and he's done decent on the main roster. And they let, I mean, Omos just destroyed him. Let's be honest about it. He got in a couple good moves, but I mean he didn't he didn't affect him at all. Almost won by pinfall, pretty easy, almost like a squash match. Kinda of surprising. So that kind of tells me that they're going to uh yeah. They're gonna to continue to push uh or try to push this big uh this big Nigerian giant. So it should be interesting. Good to see MVP back on the on television. Uh missed him at Crown Jewel and I'm glad he's back. Uh, because Omos almost, almost looked great at Crown Jewel. Let's just be honest about it. I've never been a fan of his. But he looked good against Braun Strowman without MVP. But he needs MVP. He needs that mouthpiece. So, And Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley is a heel now. Uh, and he's a great heel. And he's devastating in what he's doing. Why does he not join back with MVP and like just... Become dumb. I just like put all the bad stuff behind them and just absolutely just run the place. You talk about adding Omos and Bobby Lashley and Sheldon Benjamin. Uh just bring back the whole hurt foundation and really do things right this time. Wow. It could be it could be interesting, folks. Very interesting. The next match we had Mustafa Ali versus Austin Theory. Mustafa's still hurt. Don't even know what he's thinking. Just like the other night when he wrestled against Ricochet uh, on SmackDown the, the week before. Uh, when you're hurt, you're hurt. You need to take, uh, catch your breath and not keep punishing yourself, especially if you want to have a longevity in the career of professional wrestling. Anyways, Austin awesome Theories, love what they're doing with the guy. Have to be honest about it. Uh, they have, he's more focused, he's angrier, he's better. He's better. I think he's a lot better than what he was two weeks ago. And he's going to have a great Survivor Series. He's not going to win. But he's going to have a good Survivor Series. Uh, so he beat uh, Mustafa Ali. He does not back down from Bobby Lashley. He goes straight towards him when he comes out. That's different. Usually Austin, the old Austin Aries would run away. And he kind of showed signs <laughs> running away uh, in the back. At the, at the end and then you know Bobby Lashley just destroyed Mustafa Ali I don't know how they're going to stop Bobby Lashley at Survivor Series just uh, you know my way of thinking it doesn't quite and I know they want I, I look for maybe uh, Brock Lesnar or somebody to show up to cost Bobby the match because they have him on such a roll right now I can't see him losing uh cleanly he's definitely not going to be pinned I don't know, some, they've got to do something there because they're building him to become a world champion, not the United States champion. He can say what he wants, but they're building him towards the universal or the WWE world title. And that will be, uh, I'm okay with that. As long as they split the titles, I'm okay with that. Uh, let's see. So then we had a tag team match, Alpha Academy, which was Chad Gable and Otis uh, took on Elias and Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle and Elias actually won that match. Uh, surprised me because they lost their singles matches versus this group. Uh, Riddle looks good. Riddle looks good. I, I don't like this tag team. I, I just, I'm not a fan of Elias. However, on Elias's shirt that he's wearing, I don't know if it's a old promo shirt from when he was acting like he was his brother or what have you. I don't know if you guys caught this or not, but it says, I'm not Elias. I'm not Elias on the shirt he was wearing. Yeah. So I don't know. And I don't know why they have Riddle teaming with him. Maybe, I think they don't know what to do with Riddle. They're waiting. They kind of thought maybe Orton would have been back by now to attack him. And uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Riddle, don't get me wrong. is an amazing athlete. I just don't know. I think maybe his, his time has come uh, with the company. Maybe it's time to move on. I don't know. I know a lot of you won't agree with that, but it is what it is. Uh, and then we had Baron Corbin and JBL. What a duo. Uh, they were actually in the back and uh, playing cards or doing something again. And here comes Drew McIntyre. And Drew McIntyre sticks his nose in once again where it doesn't belong. And I was hoping JBL would s- smack his nose back in his face for him, but he didn't. Anywho, this happens. And, uh, Yeah. So they have a match Aaron Corbin versus Drew McIntyre. And of course, you know, where Drew McIntyre is in a episode or in an episode in a match, a major match, in a match for the uh, War Games. In this match here, th- th- here's the thing, they are they are not going to let him lose. Uh you know the funniest part about this match, let's just be honest about it. The funniest part about this match is this uh japanese guy who comes out I, I don't know i don't know what he is if he's supposed to be a uh, uh from japan or, or karate or I, I i just don't know but i think that's the best thing that they could have done i mean i really uh he was uh he's pretty amazing so it should be interesting to see exactly where this plays out because uh jbl was livid live it uh once once this guy came out and caused the distraction for baron corbin to lose the match <laughs> to drew mcintyre all right folks so there is really no uh huge updates on i rampage will be uh at four o'clock today uh new time because of the world cup has a couple of matches and uh, I guess they're trying to be respectful of them. So keep that in mind if you're uh, if you're an avid uh, watcher of uh, AEW Rampage, and they really don't have anything on the match card just yet. And it looks like looks yeah it looks and there's nothing really on the uh, the SmackDown side of things either. I do look to get some look to get some answers from SmackDown. All right, okay, so um, yeah. Nope, I was looking to see for y'all, see if they had anything listed as far as matches. Nothing really, nothing really. All right, folks, so you've been listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We will be back tomorrow uh, with a live stream on Survivor Series War Games. Hey, you guys have a great rest of your weekend. And as always, God bless. And God bless America. Thank you all.